This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Welcome back, Overtime. Virtually Ben standing here with you until 9-1067, the fan we are going to get into the Washington football team, their playoff chances, the NFC in general. Um, this next segment brought to you by BioNTech and Pfizer. Come rain or shine, high winds or mild breezes, blue skies or gray, it's a great time to consider getting vaccinated against COVID-19. Uh, no better time when you look at the double-digit list, Ben, that the Washington <laughs> football team currently has right now. But we talked about COVID last segment. We are going to get into... Some COVID-free stuff with our next guest, Kim Jones from the NFL Network. Kim does a terrific job. Kim and I go way back, as I was just explaining to Ben off air. He didn't even know that she used to cover the New York Yankees for Yes Network. She was terrific in that role as well. Um, curious to to pick her brain a little bit about the football side of things. Kim, we got Kim on the line. Hey, Britt. How are you? I'm doing great. How are you? I am so great. I see you everywhere now. I see you on SNY. You're doing, I don't know how long you've been doing radio, but radio is terrific. I love when I have an opportunity to do radio shows, so I'm really happy for you. Well, thanks, Kim. Thank you so much. And Ben said that he saw you this weekend and uh, was too shy to say hi. Is that right, Ben? Yeah, Kim is at like you've been at several home uh, several games at at FedEx Field this year, and I'm always like I don't want to bother anybody. So like I, I, why don't you say hi? I you know I don't know. Like she said, shy, whatever, or just like I know my 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 head my head's my head's in some other space. But yes, I wish you would have said hello. That press box is bananas. I mean, people (laughs) lose their minds in that press box. It's fun. It's almost like a fun atmosphere. It's there's a lot of bits going on. There's a uh, lot I, I, going on. People take it seriously. On the other hand, I think when you cover the Washington football team, you start to lose your mind because there's always you, you, you got to have some levity because there's always way too much randomness going on otherwise. But yeah, you've been able to watch a bunch of these games this year, which means you've been able to see the evolution of Taylor Heineke over the course yes. of the season. Uh, this felt like a de-evolution a little bit. This was his yeah. worst game out there. Based on what you've seen this year, what did you make of of this game relative to his other uh, performances. Well, like you said, we have. Cer- I have certainly seen in every other game Taylor play remarkably well. In fact, I've interviewed him. I want to say maybe um, on Fridays, maybe five at least, maybe six, but I think five times before games. And up until this weekend, he was undefeated in the games where I had <laughs> interviewed him on Friday. So, you know, Taylor, you know, really playing well. And I think there's a lot to like about Taylor. I will say this about that game, though. He hit, 
you, you know, the, the unluckiest of notes in that, A, the Cowboys were absolutely thrilled that after Demarcus Lawrence the week before, Randy Gregory was back this game, and he made an instant impact, of course. And Micah Parsons, my, my guy from Penn State, we share an alma mater. I absolutely love Micah. And Micah Parsons right now is truly playing like the best defender in the league. And that's saying something when you see some of the guys, including last night. You know, Aaron Donald, I understand, has done it for very long, and, and I love Donald, too. Um, uh, but for Micah, as a, as a rookie, he is playing at such a high level, and I think he was lifted by getting his guys back. So I thought it was a couple of things this weekend that conspired against uh, Heineke and Washington. Kim, you deal with the NFC East a lot. Obviously, the Eagles, well-rested, coming off the Week 14 bye. They'll have a pretty... I would say, healthy, stable of running backs for the matchup against Washington on Sunday. Mm-hmm. Then you look at Washington and the injuries and the double-digit yep. COVID players. Uh, yep. How do you feel about this game? I think the Eagles are favored by four, four and a half points the last time I looked at the line. Um, is there a route for you that Washington can pull off this game? Well, I, I think there is, um, uh, you know, obviously if Taylor Heineke plays better um, and and he, he can – help lead them. Listen, I love, you know, some of those skill players from Washington. I understand they're certainly not, um, you know, a finished product yet, even, you know, with a couple years in with Ron Rivera, but, but he certainly seems to me he has them headed in the right direction. Um, I don't know a lot about, you know, the long-term plan there necessarily, but, you know, with the Eagles, um, listen, the, the Giants defense of all things um, had its way with, um, why is his name escaping me? Help me out. The Eagles court. Uh, Jalen. Oh, my goodness. Jalen Hurts. With Jalen Hurts. And, you know, the Giants defense confounded him because they really were aggressive getting after him. He had a real hard time, you know, throwing the ball that day. Devon, the, um, Devontae Smith wasn't much of a factor. And um, I'm trying to say I'm blanking on some of the games because I see – so they're, them so irregularly. But I just think with the Eagles, there will certainly be the opportunity for Washington to establish itself. But obviously the key is going to be the quarterback playing a heck of a lot better. You know, Kim, you mentioned you interviewed Taylor Heineke. You obviously also talked to Ron Rivera. You know, as a local reporter covering the team, you know, there's always a uh, – it's an, it's an interesting relationship when you're dealing with the coaches. You know, even if they're friendly, you know, there's going to be – yeah, they're not going to tell you everything. They're going to have to, you know, shade the truth here and there and, you know, not give you always what you want to hear. But from a national reporter perspective, when you come in here and there, it, it's, it feels like it's going to be a different dynamic. I would think from your perspective, he's got to be a fun person to talk to. He's pretty engaging. He does like to talk to the media. He doesn't give cliched answers the way a lot of football coaches do. What's it like from your end dealing with Ron Rivera and from those conversations? What does that tell you about how he kind of handles this team? Well, first of all, I think with, with Rivera, he, you know, it, it feels like he tells the truth more than a lot of coaches. So, you, you know, it is interesting to listen to him on, on Zoom or otherwise. Um, I, I actually know his coordinators a little bit better than him, Scott Turner on the offensive side of the ball, and, of course, Jack Del Rio on the defensive side of the ball. So I've talked to those guys actually a little more often, uh, probably a lot more often, frankly, than Ron. But he certainly commands respect, and I, I I think that when you are a football coach who can also pull off 
truly being your authentic self. And not all of them can pull it off and not all of them, um, frankly, always try. But when you can pull that off and be effective with NFL players, you, you know, you've already gone in my opinion, you know, 40, 45, 50% of the battle in terms of managing a locker room and managing these men uh, who play in the NFL. And I certainly think Ron Rivera and his staff are, are, you know, at the high end of that stuff. And I've always respected that about um, coaches, you know, the whole coach, uh, players coach thing. I mean, that's a cliche anyway, but I, I certainly think the Washington players know who's in charge. But I also think they very much respect Ron Rivera as well. And that's always big in the NFL. And you can see it, by the way, you know, I, I don't need to, you know, name a couple of the teams right now where you can see that is clearly passing them by. <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, yes. Uh, Kim, when you look at this NFC East, I mean, clearly Dallas now has a commanding lead. But you look at the rest of these teams, most notably Washington and Philly, and we've seen some crazy stuff happen uh, across yep. the whole league. Mm -hmm. What do you make of this division in general, uh, not just this year, but, you know, maybe moving forward? Will this continue to be, in your mind, kind of Dallas's division to lose? Well, they certainly have the, the kind of talent and, and in some cases young talent to do that. You know, they really do, Britt. They, they have a lot of the pieces in place. They have a quarterback. They have absolute um, mainstays now on defense. Um, they might have both the Rookie of the Year and Defensive Player of the Year in Micah. So, you know, they have digs at corner. They, they have um, enough skilled players. CeeDee Lamb's remarkable. I, I feel like sometimes he gets lost in the wash when we talk about great receivers in this league, and he's a really good one and has been since he was playing with Baker at Oklahoma. So um, Washington certainly has all of the pieces. And, you know, I, I think that um, it's interesting when you – when you deal with the Cowboys at any level, um, I think that other fans probably have a different Im um, impression. They're really easy to deal with, guys. I mean, it's really, you know, I don't stand there and talk to Jerry Jones. I, I don't have a great relationship by any means with Mike McCarthy. Some of my colleagues at NFL Network do, so that box is checked on that level. But in terms of player access, you know, and I, I'm speaking only for myself here, player access or needing answers to questions. I mean, they're really, they're easy to deal with, which I know that no one outside the media cares about. But as you get into the drudgery of an NFL season in December, that's much appreciated from my account. So certainly Dallas is set up to do all of this. It doesn't mean it's going to happen. But yeah, they are ahead. They are definitely ahead in a division where the Giants lag far, far behind, in my opinion. Um, the Eagles are behind, and Washington is behind, but by, I would say by a couple steps, not by some great length. And that's kind of what I was going to lean into next is let's just assume or hope, for their sake, that Washington, whatever happens here with this COVID situation over the next mm -hmm. week or so, that they get past it, they get their people back, they don't, mm -hmm. they don't lose the next three in a row, and, and they're yep. still in this playoff mix and maybe even get this wild card spot. They're currently the yep. seventh seed. I was going to ask, so if, let's say they get to the playoffs. Since mm -hmm. you see the teams at the top, whether it's Tampa Bay, Green Bay, Dallas, whoever, like what are, are does Washington, like last year nobody thought they had any chance with Taylor Heineke, right. who nobody knew going into that game against mm -hmm. Tampa. But what what would you say is their, be, their chance, based on what you've seen them this year, against those teams uh, if they actually make the postseason? Well, I watched them beat 
Tampa at FedEx Field on a game where, you know, again, you know, I'm not going to go into a million particulars because my head swims with the fact that, you know, covering, you know, a bunch of different teams this season. But, you know, I think Tampa was coming off a bye. I I think, I think we talk about Tampa, you know, Tom doesn't lose, you know, consecutive games. Tom, Tom barely loses period, as we know. Um, And and I remember, you know, I interviewed Bruce Arians before that game at FedEx field a couple weeks, a few weeks ago. And I remember asking him because he had said that his players had come back. I do think it was from the bye with, with like a renewed vigor. Uh, and I said to him, what'd you see on the practice field? And, you know, he was very encouraged going into that game. And, you know, they left FedEx field that day with, you know, Arians ticked off and, at a, you know, at his team and at, at, at kind of the way they played. And Tom Brady having done a, you know, a full press conference in, I think, a minute and two seconds because he was so irritated. So, you know, anything's possible. Uh, that game would be in Tampa, almost certainly. I understand that in the playoffs. But nothing's impossible in this league. And, um Certainly, uh, with Heineke finding a little magic in last year's uh, playoffs, I think that that has helped him confidence-wise, and and it certainly should. Well, Kim, this was terrific to talk with you. It's been ages since we've talked. We should talk a little more on air, but it was wonderful to hear your perspective on everything going on in the football world. Kim Jones, the NFL Network, you can follow her at Kim Jones Sports. Uh, She also does stuff on WFAN, as she mentioned, a lot of a lot of radio stuff. So, Kim, thanks very much. Thank we you. Appreciate thanks, it. Britt. Thank you, Ben. Thank you, Britt. One more thing before I go. The Logan Thomas injury to me is one of those sickening injuries. Great guy. Made the transition from quarterback to tight end. No one does that. And now he's out for the rest of the year. That one hurts. And, and uh, I think that one's truly a shame. But I'll leave you on that. Thank you guys so very much. Kim, thanks so much. Next time, I promise, I will say hello. Please. Yes. Yes. Come over. Say hi. We'll have a Diet Pepsi together. <laughs> yes. Deal. That's, Deal. that's what we're doing on this show. We're, we're making friends for Ben. Absolutely. Well, happy holidays, everyone. Talk <laughs> to you later, Brett. Thanks, Kim. Thanks so much. And she's right about the Allen injury, Ben. I mean, we didn't get into that too much. Because, the Logan Thomas injury? Yeah, that's what I meant. Uh, Logan Thomas. I mean, we didn't get into that too much. but uh, Even that was that was this morning, by the way. I woke up this morning to news officially that he had torn his ACL. We knew he was out for the year. That was what 12 hours ago might as well been eight years ago because i already seemed like forever ago but yes another component for this uh off season they're gonna have to uh deal with um i think what we have to deal with now is taking a commercial break but when we come back we've got a lot more to talk about with the washington football team ben standing britcheroli here on 1067 the fan this episode is brought to you by progressive insurance whether you love true crime or comedy celebrity interviews or news you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue and guess what now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. 
That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Ben Standick, Britt Giroli here on 106.7 The Fan. We just talked to Kim Jones from the NFL Network about a bunch of Washington football team topics. We'll get to more in uh, in the next break about the um, – the, the the new Washington Post story about Dan Snyder. We'll talk more about the COVID outbreak and their what 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 the overall roster looks like going forward here against the Eagles. But Britt, we have on our little rundown here. You, we wanted to discuss the Wizards. We still want to do that because we've yes. already talked about some tough topics here with regards to what's going to the football team. The Wizards, the evolution of the Wizards since we started doing this radio show is quite staggering in a bad way. Yeah, you know what? And I wrote specifically wizard spiraling because there's no other word for it. Maybe circling the drain would be better. Let's workshop it. <laughs> I mean, so I, I just want to just to double check here. Back on November 15th, they beat the Pelicans to go 10 and 3. And we're all having conversations about not necessarily are they going to win the title, but like, hey, is this for real? Does this Is this change we can believe in? Uh, well, right now, I don't know what to make of that because since then, They've lost 10 of 15. Uh, they are 15 and 13 overall. For some context, they are now closer to 13th place Indiana than they are to uh, the, the the top of the Eastern Conference. Uh, the East is kind of bunched up. There's, there's two teams really at the bottom, and then 13 teams are, you know, sort of doing something. That is where the Wizards are headed. And, I, and if you told me at 50, they were 15 and 13, if you said before the season started, that would be the record. You're just not telling me the journey. I'd say, okay, I could probably buy into that. You know, a lot of new players on the roster, new coach, all that. But the way it's gone is is frustrating, to say the least, I'm sure for them as well. And I'm not going to say I, I don't know when this ends or where's the bottom, but I'd like to see it here at some point. Yeah. Last, night, last night's game, to me, just was the epitome of everything that has happened to this team. They've lost five times in six games. Could have been six for six. They could have been on a really long losing streak if not for the Detroit Pistons, which were their one win here. You know, they go to Denver. This is Wes Unsell Jr.'s return to Denver. They play a nice thing on the Jumbotron for him. Let's not forget, he turned the Nuggets' defense into a really formidable group. Uh, really helped reshape what that team could do. The homecoming, though, was ugly. I mean, you look at the final score, you think, oh, 113-107. They were trailing by 33 uh, at one very, point in that game. It was very similar to the football team the, the uh, uh, playing the Cowboys. Getting crushed, the, the late flourish makes it look closer than it was, but the Wizards had no business even sniffing uh, any any game under you know 10 points, let alone maybe even 15 or 20. Yep. So, uh, and uh, you know, you listen to the the, the, the broadcast and you're trying to, oh, they, they played better. Now, you can't, you, you, if it's one game and out of, you know, if out of, if they had been on a better run and this was a game, you could say, hey, that's fine. No, the, in this, in the way they're playing, you can't look at that second half and say, or that late, late part of the game and say, oh, this was better. No, right. th- there, there are problems, um, all, all, all over the place. Um, totally. y- you know, in, Basketball is different than some of the other sports because the top, the, the top one or two players on every team dominate so much of the action. And you know, what I mean, in your in in baseball, 
you know, we, we, look, we talk about the Angels, right? Mike Trout might be the best player in the sport, and the Angels don't sniff the playoffs. Basketball, it's different. And right now, part of the issue with the Wizards is Bradley Beal is not playing at a level that is uh, that jives with the, 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 the him as an all-star level player. His shooting percentages across the board are way off. His three-point shooting is staggeringly low. It is shockingly low. He hasn't even been shooting that well in recent years relative to what you think he could do. But this is like if I was on the court. That's, that's not even fair. I might make what? a couple more shots. No. Yeah. If Russell Westbrook was shooting where he was shooting, we would say that's too low for a guy we know that can't shoot. And he, they've got to figure out how to get him back on track. Until that happens, then I will keep questioning kind of where they are right now. Yeah. Listen, to piggyback off that, last night, Bradley Beal, Spencer Dinwiddie, and Montrezl Harrell combined for 13 points. I mean, you just can't win games like that. And you're right. Last week we said, or was it two weeks ago, we said, like, all right, this road trip's really going to define them. So we can't now backpedal and say, well, this is just a rough stretch. No, this was an important road trip for them. And they haven't shown any signs of coming off the mat at all. And we haven't seen the defense that we praised. That was a big part of their hot start. Um, we've really kind of seen them erode in multiple facets. And you're right. They're similar to the football team where the whole plan of the football team is to control the control the possession, control the time of game, run, run, run. Okay, if Heineke make a pass, well, it's really hard to hold opposing teams to 15 or 17 points, right? It's really hard for the Wizards to not play any defense all of a sudden and try to outscore teams because they don't have the offense now. They're not playing like that. They Even at their best, even Beal at his best, they aren't that kind of an offense. Right. And this is a, like the NFL, a offensive-driven league. This is a scoring-first league. So it's very difficult, and I don't know where they go from here. Yeah, they're gonna have to work that out. I think part of it all defensively that you know at, at the center position, da- Daniel Gafford, Montrez Harrell, they don't have huge. They're not either one of them are huge guys. I mean, Her- Montrez Harrell's undersized at six seven, but he's got long arms that plays with an insane amount of energy. Gafford's just not a big guy. So automatically, when you're going up against guys like they did last night and Nikola Jokic, they're just not going to be able to sort of compete that way. But on top of it, all the other things are ca- calling kind of falling through. As I'm sitting here as we're talking about this, I came up with a silver lining. Would you would you like to hear it? Of course. All right, here we go. At some Wes Unsell Jr. is a new coach. First time he's been a, a, a head coach. And at some point, something was going to happen. There would be a point in time where they, they would go through a, a bad streak or there'd be some bad mojo in the locker room or injuries or whatever it might be, right? Uh, something would be happening. And at some point, when that crisis hits, the new coach will have to deal with it. He's having to now deal with it now. And we'll see if you thought that that Wes Unsell Jr. was a good hire. It isn't just the fact that he can run pretty sets on offense, or that he's going to help them have a better defense than they did last year. It's like all it's a lot of what it is to be a coach these days is to be a therapist, like to understand the mood of the team and figure out how to push the right buttons with human beings to get them to do the things that you need to do. This is an interesting moment to see. Okay, I mean this isn't the worst case. Again, they're only fifteen and thirteen. It's not like they're you know. Two and twenty. I mean, this is you know a salvageable situation. But now he gets to push those buttons. We get to see how does he pull them out of the spin. And if you believe he's the guy, he's going to have to do that at some point. So the opportunity comes now, better now than say right before the playoffs start and they start nosediving. You're like, oh no, like what's happening here? Okay, you, you do it. You're going to come at some point. He now has that chance to do it now. Right. Well, playoffs is is ambitious now the way this team is playing right you got to get to the trade deadline you got to see what they do here you're right though they've been punched in the mouth how are they going to respond 
because this has been a, a really long, brutal stretch. I think you have to make some significant changes to the offense. You have to make some rotation changes. You can't keep running that same group out there and expecting the, the same results. I mean, the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over again and expecting different results. And I don't think that Wes Unsell Jr. is insane. I just don't. I, I don't. I could be wrong. He could be. But I think you have to make some significant changes now. You've had enough of a nosedive here. This isn't a bad week. It is really threatening into almost like a bad month, right? I mean, we're, we're, we're looking at a pretty long, lengthy stretch here. What would it mean if he was insane? Like, like if clinically know. he was, what would it mean? What, what would that look like to be an, uh, a professional coach but be in actually insane? That's a great question. Well, I think you'd have – we see it in Jacksonville right now, aren't we? <laughs> <laughs> aren't we seeing that right now in Jacksonville? Uh, Who are all these guys, and how did you guys get here? What are your resumes? Like, you hired them. Urban, like what? I mean, can you just imagine for a hot second if this was a station that covered the Jacksonville Jaguars? I mean, my God. Well, he almost, uh, I don't know if he was almost here, but there was, he, there, there seemed to be some flirtation. He was showing up to games when Dwayne Haskins was here. Uh, they have several players from Ohio State on this team, and he was out of a job, and we knew Washington was going to make a change. And I think for a minute, a lot of us thought, well, Urban Meyer would make sense and be a, not make sense necessarily, but like from a Dan Snyder perspective would make sense. And I was talking to some beat writers uh, over the last day or two. We're like, oh boy, with everything that's going on here, we're very happy that didn't happen because we yeah. don't need we don't need that on top of <laughs> all the all the everything else that goes on with this team. Yeah, as as Kim Jones said from NFL Network last segment. I mean, Ron Rivera is a lot of things, but he's a pretty steady presence. So. You know, we will get into the dysfunction, though. Maybe we'll get into it next segment. We'll get into Dan Snyder and everything that's going on there. What uh, do you think? Maybe. By the way, every Wizards fan who's listening is going, of course, classic Wizards conversation somehow morphs into the football team. I apologize. That was my, that was my fault. Or we, we, This is what happens. But, yeah, look, the Wizards are in a tough spell. We'll look forward to seeing how Wes Unsell Jr. and Bradley Beal can get them out of it. Yeah, absolutely. And when we come back, of course, we are going to pivot to the Washington football team. Ben covers them. They are the team of note right now. And, of course, as usual, Dan Snyder is making headlines. Stick with us. Richard Rowley, Ben Standing, here till 9 on Overtime 106.7 The Fan. Ben Standing, Richard Rowley here with you. We write for The Athletic. Appreciate everybody who's uh, checked us out already. If you haven't, why don't you go do that? Uh, I mean, after now. the list. he means now. Oh yeah, okay. Now, yeah, you can you can do that and listen to the radio. I think you can probably most most people are capable of doing two things. Pull at over once. now. <laughs> wow, a pull over. That's that's aggressive uh, to go down that route. Um, but we're we've got more here to discuss about the Washington football team. We'll talk more uh, in the eight o'clock hour about the actual football team itself, the game coming up against Philadelphia, as well as where things stand with this roster amid a COVID outbreak that's going on. But obviously. Brett, part of the story with this team always is what's going on at the top of the organization with regards to Dan Snyder, and that can come in a variety of ways, interfering on the football side or more notably in, in, in for many years and including over the last year or so is what's been going on with regards to the culture in that building. Uh, obviously, there's been reporting with regards to the various investigations, the Wilkinson report that was never released by the NFL and the Washington Post had a story out today, sort of uh, some updating, some of it sort of just taking a lot of information was kind of out there and uh, adding their own uh, reporting on it and, and putting it all together to help you know, sort of remind everybody kind of where things stand with this investigation, including Dan Snyder 
uh, not looking to help, it appears, in many instances with regards to the NFL, the Wilkinson Report, uh, get into some of the details uh, there to the point that literally, I think just in the last few minutes, uh, Congress has said, hey, reminder, the Oversight Committee is saying, hey, um, NFL, we want you to produce the information, quote, immediately uh, on on what you have with the Wilkinson report uh, because they want to see what's going on here. And this is what the problem I have, Britt. I mean, there, there's a lot to get into in terms of the the reporting, but the problem with this organization is when we try to talk about the football stuff, I always point out that you can debate whatever we want, who should be the quarterback, how do they get past these injuries, all that stuff, whatever it may be. The ceiling for this team is always going to be lower than it should be because you always have this overhead hanging. If they had beaten Dallas, the other day and had a five-game winning streak going to a huge game, and this story comes out, and we're gonna have people are gonna talk about this. It's just a reminder that you can't get away from this, and it's what makes it, I think, so frustrating for fans. Because what are you supposed to do if the owner's not going to sell, and these and this these allegations just hang out there and hang out there and hang out there? It is an incredibly frustrating situation. Yeah, you do wonder, um, or I wonder, I guess, as someone who doesn't cover the league quite as closely as you do, um, or really at all. Um, at what point does this become so embarrassing to the rest of the NFL owners that they're like, you know what? We don't usually turn on each other, but I've had enough, right? Because it just is never ending now. And the NFL dropped the ball because if the NFL had investigated with this and put down actual real punishment, um, kind of forced to say, and we've seen this happen. We've seen it in the NBA where they've had to change owners. We've seen it a little bit in baseball where the, you know, the Dodgers had some issues, the Marlins, where they don't necessarily take teams away but they do their best to squeeze these owners out. And you don't really see that in the NFL. And I know the NFL is the cash cow. It is, you know, the the league that is making the most money. Um, it's the most beneficial team to own. But I do wonder at what point uh, does this become just too much of a black eye for the rest of the owners and for the NFL in general? Because it, it is never going away. Yeah, per usual, you've, you've hit the nail on the head. Because I know too many people that every time something happens where there's another report about – something that Dan Snyder is alleged to have done or his behavior, or Congress is saying, hey, we demand you immediately produce this information. And people think, oh, here we go. This is the thing. Here we go. The now, here comes the end of the, of, of the Dan Snyder ownership. And I just look at these people and think, you, you do not understand how this works. No. Nothing is going to change until the NFL itself, which means the owners, not Roger Goodell. He works for the owners. Until the own, other owners decide – this is enough that we we need to move on. Nothing is going to change. I mean, the the Donald Sterling comparison in, in in the NBA, the former Clippers owner, it's not exactly the same, but he was by all accounts it could have been they could have moved on from him a million times. It wasn't until there was the true smoking gun of an audio tape of him saying terrible things that a new commissioner, Adam Silver, at that point said, "Okay." We've had enough. We'll, we'll move on. And I'm sure the other owners were all at that point saying, yes, of course, let's do that. Until that happens, nothing is going to change, which is not the same thing as to say we shouldn't continue. People shouldn't continue to investigate. and You shouldn't uh, listen to, to, to the victims, their stories. Uh, a couple of the former uh, team employees who, uh, who who said they were harassed when they were there. They were at uh, the recent Monday night game, and, and I, I had the chance to talk to them there. And there's going to be more stories coming out. It's important to hear it, not just for the context of this team, but from a society standpoint as well. Get these messages out there so we can do our best to not have these things happen in, you know, perpetually all over the place. But in terms of this specific situation, it is about what the NFL owners are going to do, not Congress, not uh, 
unfortunately not even reporters. At some point, when does the NFL say enough is enough? Right. Uh, when it starts to hit their pride or more importantly, their bank account. But that's right? the thing. I mean, the bank account thing, I don't even know if that matters. They they make so much money in this sport. That's right. the thing, right? I mean. Yes. Th- yes, yes. Washington is last in the league in attendance. And do you think that that's impact? Do you think Dan Snyder is hitting the bargain bins? Like, no, because they get, what, $252 million? Is that what the Packers was publicly released as for TV money? Right. So that's from the jump. They don't care if you go to the games or they don't go to the games. It's a pride thing. But we've seen over and over that, that Dan Snyder doesn't really care about pride or building a winning culture or organization. And I have friends who were over there during the really bad times. And I've heard horror stories, things that weren't even reported on. And, you know, I hope that this continues to stay in the news because every time it does, to me, it's just another punch to the NFL and to the owners. Just another jab, right? A light jab, a light jab, a light jab. Eventually, someone is going to say enough. I'm tired of getting hit. And that's really what I hope stories like this does the post and, and you know other new york times and the athletic other places that have covered this i just hope it just continues and it never really goes away because that's the only way to truly enact change and it's unfortunate because as you know there's a lot of people trying to turn stuff around in washington and fix the culture ron rivera could win a super bowl and it's not going to change how some people feel about dan snyder and that team and, and that's the thing right like when you mentioned uh Next to last in attendance, this game was hilarious about how many Cowboys fans were there. They took over the place. Basically, it was at minimum half the crowd was Dallas fans. And there's a lot that goes into that, um, you know, from the Washington fan perspective. I think a lot of it is, okay, don't love the building. It's kind of nowhere. It's just a sort of a generic building. Uh, they haven't been winning forever at this point. You know, twenty. They haven't won more than ten games in any season since I think they last since uh, the last Super Bowl. Uh, you know, this goes on forever, and, and so at some point, but like that, like that happens in a lot of places. But then you have this toxic element of the ownership situation that makes it unsafe. You know, you're giving your money to this guy who doesn't necessarily make the fan experience great either. You know, the parking is expensive. It's not so great to go. And at some point, you're like, well, why am what? Why am I? Spending my time. That's just the people who still might be interested. I'm not even talking about the thousands and thousands who are like, you know what? I'm out. I don't even care about watching them on Sundays anymore. I hear from these people. Um, I know some of these people. They're out. And I don't see how that's changing. Even if they start winning, it's not that's probably not going to be enough for some time. It is really going to be hard to turn this ship around. And, you know, Jason Wright, the team president, can keep trying to do whatever he wants to do from a marketing perspective. And I believe he's trying to do the right thing in a lot of ways, but I don't think it's going to matter for a long time because this star cloud is going to keep hanging over. There will be more reports. There will be other negative stories that come out. Yeah. And I want to read you what I thought was the highlight of the article. I love petty stuff. Do you, oh, like, you like petty I'm stuff? I'm so excited for this. Go, yes. I, I'm so here for petty drama, especially when it's people in, you know, if Ben's petty, it's like, eh, that's kind of cool, but, you know, he's got two pennies to rub together. <laughs> when it's, like, billionaires that are petty, it just, it, it, to me, it's just, like, right there in my wheelhouse. And, you know, the Post, again, did a great job with this story, but um, the best anecdote is, you know, they cited several people with knowledge um, of the relationship and of the situation uh, apparently in January 2020, after the news conference announcing Ron Rivera's hire, Snyder learned that Bruce Allen had sent a congratulatory text to Rivera. Um, Snyder was insulted, apparently, because he did not receive a similar text from Allen, who Snyder fired a few weeks prior. So this, to me, Ben, just encapsulates Dan Snyder, right? What? Whether I, I can't even say whether you like him or don't, because nobody really likes him. I, I just think it encapsulates Everything you need to know 
about a billionaire owner like him. But then I believe later in the story, it says that when they were going through a court process, yep. that it essentially it, 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 it took it to a legal aspect that Bruce Allen was supposed to send a text to Dan Snyder months after the hire just to say congrats. And then apparently Bruce Allen didn't, which I'll you know give kudos to Bruce Allen as somebody who said to me earlier, how... How petty do you have to be that you're making Bruce Allen appear to be you know, somebody you have some sympathy for? It is an amazing level of petty. But like I said, it does go to show, as silly as it is, relatively speaking, it goes to show the mindset of what we're talking about here. This is an incredibly insignificant moment that you want somebody who was your employee that you fired to give you congratulations. And then months later, you still want that? Unbelievable. I mean, I, I'm down with holding a grudge, but that's his... That's off the chart for, like you said, you've, you've got the world at your fingertips. What are you doing here? But I know it's going on here. Yeah, I mean, I'm glad you closed out that little anecdote because it's like, you know what? It's not enough that you're upset about the text messages. I'm going to get my lawyer involved. This is going to be a legal matter because you did not text me. Um, <laughs> just think of how crazy that is. But again, you're talking about a guy who feels like he's above every rule, right? He skirted these investigations um, every chance he got. He took employees to court. So he could try to figure out who was talking to the press. I mean, this is a guy who truly believes that he is above the law and the rules don't apply to him. So that's on the big macro level. So on the micro level, of course, he's going to feel like he should get everything he wants. Every text message he deserves. Right. That's just him. It is a a fascinating look into a, a very warped mind. Yeah, no, 100 percent. I mean, at every turn, when given the opportunity, both Dan Snyder his wife, Tanya Snyder, who is the uh, running the day-to-day operation with Dan Snyder in some sort of exile, that um, they don't ever just simply say, we screwed up, that we, you know, we apologize to anybody who was hurt by actions in the building, whether I, I did or not, but we run the team and, and so on and so on. It never happens. And instead, they're focused on getting a text message from a former employee months after you you hired somebody to effectively you know do part of his 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 former job. It's off the charts crazy, except for the fact that it's super sad because it's been going on for some version of this for twenty years, and who knows when it's going to end. It is crazy. You know what? Who knows when it's going to end? But I know that we are going to end right now. We're going to go to commercial. We are here until nine, though. We're going to talk a little caps in the next segment, and then it's going to transition into our friend. Tariq El-Bashar covers the Caps. We're going to get into the NHL, uh, back to the football team, again around 8.15, but do not miss the puck talk. Ben Standing, Richard Rowley, here on Overtime 106.7 The Fan. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app.
All right, Ben Standick, Britt Giroli back here on Overtime on 106.7 The Fan. We're going to talk with Capitals insider Tarek El-Bashir at the top of the hour. So we're going to talk a little caps ahead of that. Here, here's my question for Britt. I just asked how long you've been sort of truly cognizant of D.C. sports because you were covering the Orioles for a lot of years. You said it's been it's been since you basically came over to the Athletic a couple years ago. So the Capitals are such an interesting team. They have been consistently the most successful of the four franchises in town. Um, other than the fact that the Nats won a World, Ser- uh, won a World Series uh, recently, the Caps have been by, by far the most successful team. And yet there's always a sense of like, where do they resonate in totality in the local sport? So as an outside observer who comes from a background where you're really into hockey, what's your sense of where the Capitals land here in this in in this re- region? Like how where, how do you – I mean, obviously the football team is going to be at the top, but like what's your sense of how the Capitals fit in with the, 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 the area? I think they're probably on the same level as the Nats when they're good. I think they're a well-attended event. Listen, hockey games are – we talked about this off air – they're fun to go to. Absolutely. It's great to sit like really down low, have the ice hit you when someone checks someone else against the boards, like to watch the fights. Um, you know, especially I remember growing up and the game was so much slower before they changed a lot of the rules, you know, at the blue lines and icing and things like that. I used to be able to kind of do my homework and kind of listen to the game because it was a slower pace, similar to baseball. Um, but now it's so much faster, action packed, that I think even if you take someone like my husband, who's from New Orleans, had never been to a hockey game until a couple of years ago. Um, and, you know, you explain to him it's on a basic level. You know, you just have to get the puck in the net. And it's a fun game to go to. He saw a couple fights. He saw, uh, I believe he saw an overtime game. So he, he went to a really good game. I forget who the Caps were playing. Um, but he was like, that was that was awesome. That was a lot of fun. And I think the fact that the arenas are closed, so you get the noise factor in there, that's deafening. Right. Baseball, lots of times it's open air. Same thing with NFL. It can get loud in there. But when it is closed like that, like some of the baseball stadiums are, the noise has nowhere to go. So I enjoy this is my long winded way of saying I really enjoy hockey games. I love bundling up and going there. (laughs) My huge dream, if someone is listening and has connects, is to ride the Zamboni just once. I want to be on that Zamboni between periods. That is just a cool, cool thing. But we got to talk about the Capitals. They're in first place in the East. Or I guess they call it the Metropolitan now. Yes. But I used to hate them because I'm a Bruins fan and they were in the same um, division with the Bruins and they knocked the Bruins out of the playoffs once or twice and it was pretty notable and scarring. But anyway, <laughs> I've gotten over that now. Um, we we got to talk about them because I kept waiting for Ovechkin to decline and it just doesn't seem like it's happening. The guy is 36 years old, Ben. He's the same age as me. And I feel as if I'm on a steep rolling downhill (laughs) and this guy is just out here playing like age has no limits he's having not just like a good season for an aging hockey player he's having a a good season for Alex Ovechkin which is truly remarkable to see yeah I mean like to the point of like where the capitals fit in this town like hockey is just not at the same level the sport of hockey is not the same level as the other sports this is a basketball town but the football team is its own thing and baseball is the national pastime right yeah but Alex Ovechkin in the history of DC sports, you know, this is a, a conversation for another day on the radio, but like, where does he rank among the all time greats? He's in the conversation of one of the top two, three, or four people. That is saying something. So, for the last, you know, all the years that he's been here, you've had the opportunity to watch greatness. It is not, it's not, you can't just say that all the time about watching your favorite team that you're seeing a literal living, living legend who continues to. 
I guess we're reaching a point where he's exceeding expectations because the expectations were always super high and he was able to match them almost every year. But now he's starting to exceed it because, like you said, we've reached a point in, in the chronology of his life where it should be declining. I thought after they won the cup, we started seeing a guy who's like putting in less work, less effort, living off the, you know, he's living high off the accomplishment of winning the cup. No, he's, he's still rolling and to the point where, yeah, I mean, you, you, you wonder where he ranks among the best players in the league still. And that is, is remarkable to keep saying that about this player this deep into his career. Yeah. And we talked a few weeks ago and I said, listen, this guy's an early candidate for the heart trophy, right? And he's done nothing but solidify that case. And this would be his fourth art trophy. I mean, you're talking about some pretty elite company. And what he's done, he's kind of diversified his game this year. And he's really pushed, like, the Capitals have been kind of beleaguered. I mean, they've they've been down and out. They, they probably are going to get Nicholas Backstrom back. He hasn't played yet, but he's nearing a return. Uh, he practiced, I believe, earlier this week. So um, he has really been the guy who's led this team. And he's done it by just playing a complete hockey game. He's just not really just been this offensive goal scorer. I mean, he's played on both sides, and he's played terrifically, and I don't think enough people appreciate uh, what he's been able to do. He's made a lot more plays um, offensively in that zone. He looks like just a smarter, more mature guy, and he's keeping pace with and playing better than guys who are 10 years younger than him. And I don't think enough people realize, Ben, how grueling of a sport hockey is. Did you ever play hockey? Uh, floor hockey. Okay, I, I played hockey. <laughs> Does that count? No, I have... Three sisters and my dad really wanted a boy and none of us were boys. So we instead were treated like little boys. We played with army men and we played street hockey with all the boys and um, played ice hockey briefly. And let me tell you, there is no leg workout like hockey. Hockey is an exhausting sport. And we don't talk about how physically exhausting hockey is. I mean, guys, how in how many other sports? I mean, in the NFL, certainly, but um, just the fights. They're doing and, everything they're doing on skates. Like, that, that, that is ignored constantly. It's, like, it's everything remarkable. that's happening yeah, from an athletic perspective is being done on skates. And as he ages, as he gets gray, you think this guy is going to slow down. And he simply hasn't. And I think it's just remarkable when you look at what he's been able to do. Um, and it obviously is a big part of why the Capitals are where they are so far this season. And I'm really curious, um, you know, we'll, we'll get into more stuff with the Capitals next segment, but I'm really curious from people who have been around him how he's been able to do that because it's kind of like Tom Brady. I mean, th- these people who are ageless, we look at it and we think it's it's easy or somehow they're more talented than everyone else. And more often than not, Ben, they just have a different level of work ethic than other people. I mean, that was it. that's it with Max Scherzer, who's 37 years old. He used to run so hard between starts, and you would think that other players on the Nats would follow him. They wanted no part of it. He worked too hard, and I think that might be the case with Ovechkin. Yeah, well, look, you can tell Britt's fired up to talk hockey. Good news is Tarek Elbashir has been around for all of the Ovechkin. We'll talk to him at the top of the hour here on 106.7 The Fan. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or... I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. 
because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.